your very existence is just causing pain on unimaginable level. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those locks for love type of situations. Impolite. People always shit fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My finger is always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? I want to announce that we made the championship game in Fantasy Football Podcast League. Fuck yeah, bro. Oh, shit. Yeah, buddy. We defeated Rushmore Podcast 122 to 104. And in the finals, we are going to be playing fucking gay. That's the name of the team, which is actually Pepper Goins from Rushmore Podcast, which I think it's a little unfair that Rushmore gets two teams in the league. Mm. He's getting a second team? Oh, dude, that's... Yeah, that would be like if we started a fantasy football league and we had three teams, one for every host, although your teams would probably die a horrible death. <laughs> oh, yeah. But still. So I guess some accolades are in order, Carlos. So you've been picking players and the, the moves behind the scenes. So congrats to you for getting us to the finals. I think, you know, me and Bobby owe you a little, little golf yeah, clap dude. action. Thank you. The only thing I know about your strategy and I think you mentioned this one time, maybe as a zinger, but I just want to find out if there was a grand strategy behind this. Is you pick players with the Jewiest sounding names? Is that all our strategy's been, or is, is there more to it? The Jewiest sounding names? What? Yeah, since when has that ever that ever worked for sports? Yeah, I don't. I can't even think of a single one that had a Jewish name. I don't know how you come up with these theories. I think yeah. it was a joke. A joke one of us made one time when we started talking about some of the players, but. <laughs> that's about the only thing i know as far as what you've been doing behind the scenes <laughs> yeah no wonder they call us an alt-right podcast now <laughs> yeah that's right now we're now we're a group with all the alt-writers no i picked some that had silly names like we have and we still have chubb which is one of our best players is chubb <laughs> but i don't think that's Jewy. <laughs> i think you just blame everything on the jews is what it is and that's what's going on here you blame everything good and bad on the jews so even our <laughs> uh, kicking ass at fantasy football you still blame the jews <laughs> we're not favored to win the championship i looked at the they give you a projection of the final scores we're not favored we're the underdogs but i still think the fact that we made it all the way to the championship and the fact that we have to be two players from the same podcast yeah i think we've done our job here yeah, yeah I think the most important thing is that I had to put no thought or work into this. Yeah, that you know what? I give you guys a lot of credit for just leaving me alone. I should give you guys <laughs> a lot of credit. Yeah, if you guys try to intercede, this would have been a disaster. Oh, yeah, I know this is more your wheelhouse. I, I was like, Carlos has this one. Yeah, I got our backs. So, yeah, we'll be playing in the championship this week. How about you guys? What do you guys got going on? So I had a wicked ear infection this week. Went to one of those minute clinics. And it's really kind of weird because they go in there and they start with the obvious question, you know, why are you visiting us today? And you tell them what, what's going on. So in my case, it was wicked ear infection. You mind taking a look? So they, they take a look, poke around a little bit and confirm, oh yeah, shit's fucked up. And then they start asking me these random questions like, do you ever think about feeling blue, self-harm, thoughts of despair? Yeah. I'm like, what? They asked me that after we've already established I had a wicked ear infection and I was just thinking, so are they, are they trying to like do a little psychological trick to where I confess this whole thing was a ruse and I was just really depressed and that's the source of my misery? Or, I mean, how do these people think? I, I don't get yeah, it. 
they ask all those kinds of questions and I don't know if it's just me or what, but they are always asking my girlfriend if she feels safe at home. (laughs) (laughs) And it's usually right after she passes them a note. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess that's just something that they have to ask everybody. I've got that, because I've gotten that question. The first time I ever got a question like that is one time I decided, oh, I had run out of um, medication, like I was on Prozac, and I couldn't get it anymore because I graduated college, and I was getting it at the college, so I just went off of it. I'm like, I feel all right. I'll be okay. And then, you know, six months later, I'm like, oh, fuck, I need to get this prescription again somehow. So I went to, like, a clinic like late at night, man, like at midnight. And they asked me that. I was like, you ever had a sort of suicidal thoughts and like stuff like that? And I'm like, yeah, who hasn't? You know, who hasn't ever thought about <laughs> killing themselves, right? So I'm like, yeah, you know, it's happened. Clearly I haven't done it, but I, yeah, I have had thoughts. And then boom, that was it. That's the trigger. That was like, all right, you got to take off your shoes, give us your belt. And then I had to wait in a waiting room for hours, like two hours without any shoes or belt. Oh, shit. So whenever you say, I guess they're afraid that you're going to hang yourself or something with the belt or Uh... your shoelaces. So after that, every time I've gotten that question, I'm like, nope, never thought of it. No, never (laughs) thought about it. In my life, have I ever thought about committing suicide or harming myself? Yeah, de- depend depending on how this goes, I might think about killing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I learned, I learned my lesson that first time, and now I know. Like, nope, do not admit ever that you've ever had any kind of suicidal thought. Holy shit! So that explains the whole, yeah, because they were they were getting ready to try to clean up my ears or some shit, and that's when they asked all those questions. If I would have said, yeah, I'm thinking about self harm on the rig, and they would have been like, take off your shoes, take off your belt. Here's some restraints, and they probably put the kids' gloves on me at that point. Or something. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's kind of still kind of weird that they asked that when you just went in there because your cat peed in your ear or whatever happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like saying bomb on an airplane. <laughs> right. Yeah, my cat wishes she could have a victory lap on me, but I, I've denied her at every turn. How's that situation? Is Are they still behaving, the cats, or are they peeing again? Well, so we don't really call our cat Indecorous Podcat. She has a real name. But lately, the wife has changed her name to Puddles. So Ah, we just call her Puddles now. That's funny. Yeah, that little shit just, ah, man. Welcome to episode 68 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 18 of season 2. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensible, distinguished, educational comedy podcast. You're the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Carlos Valencia. Below me, we have Bobby D. Yo. And above me, we have Ian. Sup? Today, we're going to be answering listener questions. We're going to be talking about Indecorous news. We'll be diving deep into the Indecorous history of construction failures. And we're going to close it all out by checking on our good friend Crispy at the 7-Eleven. But before we get into any of that, let's welcome our guest for today, Mr. Matt Barentine, everybody. How you doing, Matt? Hi. Well, how I'm doing, <laughs> so um, I'm trying to reset my sleep schedule. Why? Because um, it's Christmas, <laughs> and it's just out of control. So yesterday, I slept until like 8 p.m. Wow. What time did you go to sleep previous to that? Probably 8 a.m. Okay. Well, that's a healthy 12 hours of sleep. (laughs) Yeah. The point was to just stay asleep as long as I possibly could. And then I got up and uh, 
I bought three hits of acid. Mm-hmm. He gave me more like five, I think. I took oh, no. those. You don't usually hear of drug deals going in that direction. That's pretty cool. There is there is one positive thing about 2020, apparently. Well, it's, it's the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> Or was it like a Groupon? So, wait, so you've been up since when? Like 24 hours ago. Oh, awesome. So you're going to regret this even more than our average guest. <laughs> I think you guys are going to regret it, because I'm just going <laughs> to keep coming back to the... The howling void at the center of everything. <laughs> Doesn't that remind you of the gaping maw of forever? It's going to be my jokes on every topic. So when did you do the acid, though? Like, when did you hit it, the acid? Probably, I don't know, nine or ten. Nine or... Oh, so as soon as you woke up, you hit the acid. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's great, man. There's going to be a great experiment as well as a podcast. And so it's kind of, it's all gone now. Like if I really stare at something, uh-huh. maybe it'll start to wiggle around a little bit. <laughs> Pretty much at the dregs. But then I popped just whatever else I had. Uh, took some call you racetam. That's good for the verbal acuity. And then uh, caffeine with L-theanine in it. It's great. Gets you real high on caffeine, but it smooths it out. Things going great, guys. Do you work at a chemical lab? Where do you get all these things? <laughs> the internet, buddy. Oh, shit. So you just keep them at hand at all times? I mean, it's a confluence of things. They just happen okay. to be around, and I was like... Fair enough. I almost did acid on Saturday. I wasn't really planning on doing anything on Saturday, but then I got an invite to do a Zoom-type show. It was it was Andy Andrus' podcast, Issues with Andy. They had like a Christmas party. And so they gave me an invitation. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it. I'll get drunk. And I, I realized I had these pot cookies that had been, I had them for like a year. And I was wondering, like, does this shit ever go bad? And I mean, I don't know if it does, but it lasts at least a year because I got fucking high <laughs> as fuck off of those cookies. And then I was going to do acid too, but I couldn't find it. I couldn't find our, there's a thing is like people give me drugs sometimes and I just store them for the right time and then just forget I even have it and then I lose them. It's like the most boring drug story ever. <laughs> you know our good friend Christ, don't you? That guy. What's that? He goes by Christ. The guy that you get acid from, he goes by Christ? Yeah, you know that I, guy, right? I feel like that's a good guy to get acid from. <laughs> yeah. Like if he just calls himself Christ, he has good drugs. No, I don't think I've met Christ. Maybe you can give me the good news at some point. <laughs> All right, we're going to start out the podcast with questions like we do every week. We get questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. We accept all questions sent to us, but we rarely have an answer for any of them. This first question comes from Lisa. The Lisa asks, have you ever killed anybody? I'm going to go ahead and take this one, you guys. Um, <laughs> Here we go. I don't know why you would... You're coming at me so hard. Like, I agreed to do this podcast. Well, fuck it. It's Lisa asking the question. Don't blame me. Don't blame the messenger. All right. Well, I don't know who this Lisa is, but you guys are watching me, man. That's not cool. Okay. Yeah, the, the original question was, has Matt Barentine ever killed anyone? <laughs> yeah, but at least I generalized it. Yeah. So, so let me generalize this even further. Does this count lower life forms? 
I don't know. I mean, I read the questions exactly as they're sent to me, and that is what she says. Have you ever killed anybody? I think I've put, you know, things in motion that probably led to someone's demise. You know, the right insult at the right time when someone's in, like, the wrong headspace. That kind of set the downward spiral. And, I mean, I've, I've basically been in close proximity to a couple heroin overdoses. Like, not like I was there whenever the needle did the dirty work, but I was a co-worker that was maybe a little too hostile to someone I didn't like that also happened to be a heroin addict, getting evicted, having a bad day, and maybe, just maybe, I was that extra push to get him off the ledge, and, you know? And maybe, just maybe, sprinkling fentanyl into their bag of heroin? <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. So how about you, Bobby? Killed anybody? Uh, yes, I have, because I don't know what uh, statute of limitations are. Very good. <laughs> and then, Matt, are you, I'm assuming you're not ready, you're still counting? Right. I Well, I was intrigued by the idea of, like, maybe it's not only human beings, you know. Uh, on my journey last night, this morning, <laughs> I uh, discovered that we're all just pieces of a larger consciousness, you know. And so, really, every second that you're alive is just the life and death of trillions of organisms, you know. you so if we're all one, can you really kill anybody? Aren't you just killing a piece of yourself? Right. Everything, your very existence is just causing pain on unimaginable level. Yeah. Uh, You're talking specifically about me, right? Yes. I'm talking about Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Well, I think that answers your question, Lisa. Thank you for that one. Now, for a second question, this comes from Rachel. And Rachel asks, why is a raven like a writing desk i don't know if i understand the question i don't know i don't understand it at all it's a thing from you guys would hamlet right oh it's also in rosencrantz and guildenstern are dead yeah and it's like a famous it's a riddle that has no punchline in the text right and so people have tried to come up with what they would be and some of them are very clever and stuff i wish i could remember literally any actual facts about this but so this is a line from Hamlet where somebody says a raven or either asks why is a raven like a desk or they say that a raven is and like then, a desk. Yeah, it's part of the whole Hamlet pretending to be crazy and it's like, oh, but what he says that sounds crazy actually makes sense. It's all that stuff, you know. I don't know. I'm sure there's a Wikipedia article on it. <laughs> oh, see, we'd be completely lost if you weren't on the podcast right now, because I really had no idea what this was referencing. Yeah, so can you think of what the answer would be? It's like a riddle, Why you know? is a raven like a writing desk? Well, you use a writing desk for support when you're putting a pen to the paper. Meanwhile, a raven... is a bird. It's a bird. <laughs> It's a blackbird. Yeah. I, I only write on the backs of birds. <laughs> and that's why you never write. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I killed that one bird like 10 years ago, and those are all the jokes I've ever written. Very good. I think we got to the bottom of it. I think yeah. finally this conundrum has been resolved. So we'll move on now to question number three. Comes from Kayla. She asks, who are the best and worst comedians of all time and why 
I'm going to just go with one, just like who is the best and who is the worst, because otherwise we'd be here all day listing good and bad comedians. Yeah, this is like multiple podcasts right here. Right, exactly. <laughs> like there's podcasts dedicated, like this is their whole subject matter. So I'm just going to go with one. My best is not going to be controversial or anything. My favorite is Richard Pryor, because I like that what he did when he did it was very edgy and new. If you listen to some of it under the lens of like, it's been 20, 30 years since he put out these albums, then it, some of it might sound like, yeah, there's a lot of black comics talking about black people doing this and white people doing that. But he was one of the first that genuinely was fucking pointing shit out like that. He started it, then everybody else started copying it. And then I also like that sometimes he would just straight up go into a character in his stand-up where it was even it wasn't even stand-up anymore it was more like a performance and i dug yeah. that i dug that he was taking it to another level yeah i think prior is so much responsible for the like confessionalism in the past few decades of comedy i think yeah he was one of those people who really like he talked about being on crack and setting himself on fire and it's like right yeah, he was one of the first very raw, very personal comedian. Whereas, because the other one that gets mentioned a lot, and it might be one of you guys, is number one is Carlin. And I like Carlin a lot too, but I think Carlin has he had a lot of specials, but some of them, they were just mediocre, which well, is to be expected if you're fucking I mean, you put putting one out, out every 30 year, specials in your career. Yeah. Yeah, when you owe the IRS that much money, you just have to put out whatever to pay to pay your tab down. Yeah, yeah. So that's my personal number one. Carlin is big for me because I don't really like talking about myself on stage, and Carlin didn't really do that. You know, he talked about like what he believed and cared about, mm -hmm. but not like. So I was here. There I was, uh, just drunk, and there was uh, hookers or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, that's good. that's a good point. Yeah, that's right. How about you, Bobby? Who's your number one? The, I mean, there are so many. Uh, I mean, obviously, you guys touched on Pryor and, and Carlin and stuff. I mean, nowadays I kind of go back and forth between Louis and Burr as far as who my favorite living stand-ups are. You know, with Stanhope probably shortly behind them. I don't have like a, t a list of like top hated stand-ups or anything. Right. So you're not gonna commit to a number one then? Yeah, mm -hmm. I just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk until you guys pass the mic. Yeah, just... well, you just tell us what your pets' names are, and that could probably help us <laughs> yeah. know who your number one is. Right? Yeah, one of them is Larry, the other one's the cable guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I would I would probably say Louis still. Louis of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen his latest special, but it's uh, it's really good. It's really, right. he hasn't he hasn't lost a fucking thing, except for fifty million dollars. Fair enough. How about you, Ian? You got a number one? I, I would say, I mean, as far as people that make me laugh the most, Jackie probably, the Joke Man. It's probably just going to be obscure <laughs> comics that no one's ever heard of. But as far as like people that you, you oh, probably are pretty popular for the room, like we wouldn't get it. <laughs> Wait till you yeah, my small change. Ian only in, <laughs> listens to indie comics. <laughs> yeah. Not, you you guys wouldn't know them. You guys wouldn't know. I mean, I would say like, that know, they didn't bother to put on Spotify. That was the good shit. Yeah, I, I listened to comedy exclusively procured at uh, truck stops. <laughs> hey man, you I like could, jokes? I, <laughs> <this is a laughs> guy. I can act like a hipster here and throw out some obscure names no one's going to get, but instead I'll just say uh, Jim Jeffries. He's probably one of the better A-list comedians I really enjoy. So you'd say Jim Jeffries is your favorite of all time? 
I would say as far as A-list comedians, yeah, I mean, probably as far as popular guys, he's probably my favorite. Okay, so what, how about, about the indie, the underground? Can only get them through a cassette tape. I would say, yeah, only get them through a cassette tape, some obscure thing. You know, Josh Gogan back in the day was one of my favorites. All right, so you're going to mention, like, people that we saw at Open Mic 15 years ago? What dude, is I mean, your favorite of all time? I'm telling you, dude, Josh Gogan, he had a couple sets that just made me literally pee myself. But, I mean, yeah, as far as hardest I've ever left. All right. Just being honest. That's cool. I mean, I love Josh, too, but, I mean, I haven't seen him in fucking 13 years, I think. I don't even know if he still does comedy, but that bastard. I know. He amazing. definitely doesn't do comedy, but I, I don't even know where he is these days. Okay, so that takes care of that. So we got um, Carlin, Pryor, Louis C.K., and Josh Gogan are the top four of all time. <laughs> also, what Patrice. The you've of ever course. Laughed? If the question was, what's the hardest you've ever laughed, then my answer would be like, the best comedian of all time was the substitute teacher with dementia who we made take the roll call by hand. And I had to like leave the building to stop from fucking choking with laughter. That's my favorite comedian. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, if you're just going to go with what has made you laugh the hardest in your entire life, then yeah, that's a that's a whole different question than who's the greatest comedian of all time. Yeah, that's always getting tickled by your uncle, basically, right? In a non-molesting I mean, way. <laughs> I mean, you know, you share those truths, man. So I guess, yeah, if we if we were just going to go like, oh, when have you laughed the hardest in your entire life? But I think if you're going to go with best comedian of all time, then you got to look at the body of work. You got to like, all right, longevity and how they progressed and, you know, how good their album. Like you just said, Bobby, if I haven't watched Louis's last special, but if it's good, then that's saying a lot because a lot of comics, as they get more famous and more successful, they... Stop. Yeah, they stop. Yeah. They stop. One thing I think they stop trying as hard, and for another, it's just they don't have the same struggles. I mean, I think you're not as funny when yeah. your life is just fucking awesome. Millier, the minute you back actually have people who like you, you're already at a disadvantage. <laughs> I will say, unlike Bobby, I do have a least favorite comedian of all time. His name is Kayvon. <laughs> Kayvon Mosey I think he's the worst and the reason why is because he does not pay his debts he still <laughs> owes me a hundred dollars and I have not seen I, I still have not been able to muster the strength to even watch a minute of his stand-up but from what everybody tells me it's pretty horrible so it's like come on man you can't be a piece of shit and also suck at comedy because then there's no redeeming factors there so we're not gonna play any of his stand-up on the show right now no i'm glad you said stand-up because i wouldn't call it comedy we gotta move on to our second segment of the podcast this is indecorous news this is a segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the united states and all over the world after you listen to this segment you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life ian you can take us on this first story all right headline is dutch man invents coffin that turns bodies into mushrooms yeah matt you'll like this story <laughs> yeah. brand new in funeral land being buried in a living coffin designed by Delft Startup. The body is composted and thus forms the breeding ground for a new life. The first funeral took place last week. We expected it to be picked up a bit, or at least hoped, but not like that. The phone would glow all the time, someone said. No, but not that the phone would glow all the time. But not that the phone would, yeah. So basically these guys did a gimmick and it worked and called on and everyone's like, I want to be turned into fungus. We expect it to pick up a bit, but boy, that phone's glowing. 
<laughs> I will, and that's what I want to say. When I saw this story, I saw it on Facebook. Somebody posted the link, and I try to go to the source. I see the story, and then when the story says according to this, and then I click on that, and then if that says according, so I went all the way back to the story from the Netherlands. Oh, so okay. I, I got the article from the Dutch newspaper, and then it was all in Dutch, and so I just clicked Google Translate. So most oh. of this is going to be Google Translate's version of whatever they said on the Dutch newspaper. Paper. I was reading okay. ahead, okay. and that makes so much more sense now. Yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> hence the, the phone would glow all the time. Yeah, yeah. awkward wording for sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's not on Ian. The wording is literally awkward on this article. But I still like that visual, though, especially if, since you're talking about mushrooms. It's like, yeah, yeah. The, phone, the phone would glow all the time. <laughs> Bio designer Bob Hendricks uh, just did a radio interview. And just before Already that, an interview. Bio designer. It's like. Oh, yeah, that is a great fucking. I hadn't even caught on to that. Bio designer. That's pretty fucking rad. It's like super cyberpunk, but then also like. Fuck you. You decided you're a bio designer. You a little bit transhumanist in there. That that sounds like if God had an official job title. Yeah, that's not bio designer. There's no guild associated with that title. <laughs> like bio designer. Yeah, this is like he's trying to coin his own words now. Yeah. Either that or Google Translate just went wild. <laughs> immediately skeptical of anyone who's starting any kind of a business <laughs> that's, that's the baseline where i come in uh, it's mm. like bio designer all right buddy i'm into your whole turning <laughs> yeah, dead yeah. people in this rooms thing but you're on that's thin ice already that's... you would trust a life coach just a little bit more you know <laughs> bob Hendricks just did a radio interview and just before that an interview with an international design platform and another one in seven minutes Okay. Uh, he doesn't have much time, but even in a matter of minutes, the 26-year-old knows how to convey the special product that his startup Loop developed with great enthusiasm. He would probably even be the biggest cremation fan to get gymnastics to a funeral. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I, I love that. I don't know what's going on. That's what, <laughs> that's what Google Translate did. I, like, I love that fucking sentence, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know these guys that would you know he would even be the big, biggest cremation fan to get gymnastics to a funeral all those four foot ten female gymnasts they'll cheer up any funeral those skimpy little outfits baby i'm telling you that's a good well, cremation fans are always trying to get gymnastics to a funeral but this guy i think is the biggest it's just such a bullshit thing no one is that busy <laughs> I got another thing in seven minutes, guys. You got seven minutes. I did nothing. But in the living cocoon, a living coffin made of mycelium, which he calls nature's recycler. In short, the body is composted in the living cocoon. It cleans up toxic substances and provides a breeding ground for new trees and plants. Talk about new life. So I think there's a shortcut here. Maybe just dump dead bodies in a forest. I mean, I think that might just cut all this extra noise out. I mean, that's what I do. Essentially what it is. It's like Silicon Valley inventing just dumping you in a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just this is the hipster way of getting a shallow grave. Yeah, it's like hipster Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah, this, this is just the J Japanese suicide forest. So, Matt, are you in any condition to be able to read? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you can do this next paragraph if you uh, think you can. The reactions to the unique design are mostly positive. People see its added value, especially nowadays. And jokes are also made, he says with a laugh. 
does the coffin walk into the grave itself? They ask me. And then, oh, and then the next paragraph, too. No, I was waiting for the laugh, you guys. There was a joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. I forgot. I forgot we were... I forgot we were supposed to laugh. But I know. Yeah, Matt was trying really hard to not step on the laughs that weren't coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's no joke that they have received a subsidy for their sustainable project. No kidding. This innovation must be stimulated because it is a major social problem. Because the f- regular final resting place still leads to a lot of polluted soil, and that's not good for our drinking water. I'm down with this whole thing because. It's so gross and weird that we embalm people and stuff. It gives me the fucking heebie-jeebies. I'm uh, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, the whole concept of the thing, I have nothing against it. Dude, you know, have you ever been to a funeral where somebody was cremated and they don't have the actual body? They just have pictures on top of something of that person that you remember, like, happy? <laughs> yeah. You know? Rather than, like, like, what his, a novel approach. <laughs> his rotting lump in the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Squishing around in that box, just yep. keeping it fresh. We got well, it pumped full of preservatives. Then, Mom, you would have loved to see it. It costs between twelve hundred and fifteen hundred euros, which I believe is—I don't know what the euro is at right now, but it's at least two thousand dollars. Well, it's it's really interesting to me too because I've heard of people taking people's ashes and rolling them in joints. I've heard of people snorting them. Didn't like Keith Richards famously do that? Or something with somebody's ashes probably he probably didn't even know they were ashes but he fucking yeah. it anyway you know does it get any crazier than being able to so what somebody could take a trip basically off of mushrooms that came off of your body that's kind of weird yeah uh, although well I'll, I'll just i'll finish off the story here would he himself eventually want to be buried in this coffin later when he is dead yes of course hendrix exclaims uh, yeah, sure i'm gonna die someday yeah, yeah i'll fucking weird. do it billionaire guy who just lives off the blood transfusions of teenagers <laughs> yeah no i would never use the service i'm selling i won't yeah, be I, uploaded this is, this... to the consciousness of the internet i will just die with like you fucking right. losers <laughs> why why would he ever the thing is like why would he ever say no i'm not gonna use this thing because even if he didn't he's already gonna be dead by that point (laughs) yeah and i like why there's no repercussions to him lying about this shit (laughs) but anyway but he does add though he says he too wants to become a tree and he already knows exactly which one i hope that i will eventually become a beautiful douglas fir an appropriate choice of the young designer. I think that is a really cool tree, which provides a lot of good for the earth. As a bio designer, I will be making some tweaks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Douglas fir, not to be confused with the regular Douglas fir. Yeah, Douglas fir, trademark. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I'm not a mushroom expert. I like the couple of times that I've done them. But from what I hear, they come at a cow shit, correct? Yeah. So even if you bury, like, say, your mom or your grandma, you're still going to have to get some cows to shit on her first, right? Before you can get actual mushrooms off of that soil. That's an upsell, Carlos. That's how these guys make money on the back oh, end. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, we put it in your shopping cart, and before you check out, it's like, would you like a cow as well? Yeah. And you get promo code Indecorous for, say, 20%. 
You think you're getting free mushrooms with the base model? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the fly. It's part your mom and part that cow and part everything that's ever been. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forget that we're all everything, according to Matt Barentine. So every mushroom is <laughs> you're smoking yourself, really. Right. All right. I'm going gonna to go to this next story. Bodybuilder marries sex doll after long-term romance. That's the headline, which is pretty sweet because, you know, most bodybuilders just marry their sex dolls willy-nilly. Yeah. But they, I guess these guys actually had a long-term romance. A bodybuilder from Kazakhstan has tied the knot with his dearly beloved, a sex doll named Margot that he dated for eight months before proposing a year ago. Well, you know what? That's not really that long, to be honest. Eight months? Yeah. Yeah, eight months. How do you really know a sex doll after eight months? You know what? I have a theory about this, Carlos. So the eight-month window, it was probably manufacturer's warranty, right? Oh. So after eight, eight months, couldn't return the fucking thing. So he was like, ah, I can't return it. I'm yeah. stuck with it. Yeah, it's that it's that ninth month where the jizz really starts to fry the circuitry. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, you're stuck with this bad boy. If you don't return it in eight months, we can't take it back. Well, the couple also shared a romantic first date in front of dozens of guests who attended the traditional ceremony, which was shared on Instagram. Quote, it's happened to be continued, the actor and bodybuilder wrote after slipping a ring onto his bride's fingers this has to be the case like i've said this for a long time i know i'm not the first one to say it but i've always thought engagement rings are a big gigantic waste of money this has to be fucking the epitome of it where yeah, it it's uh, you're actually giving it to somebody that doesn't give a fuck about a good engagement ring but although i don't know what other kind of gift like i, I know stanhope had the bit about like instead of using that money you could have taken a vacation or something something that you would both enjoy but I mean, really, there's absolutely nothing that he could have done that they would have both enjoyed because one is not a living fucking being. <laughs> to be fair, this is like the nicest scenario of a bodybuilder dating a woman without consent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they usually get pretty brutal. Yeah. All right, Ian, you can do the next paragraph. The couple got engaged in December 2019 when the man who described himself as a sexy maniac Whoa. popped the question <laughs> in one post. Of them working out together. Most <laughs> of them working out together. Yeah, yeah, they're working out together. Yeah, I think uh, she was spotting him. Either she was spotting him or he was spotting her. One of the two. You know when you look at a word and you just sometimes immediately see a different word? Like, that's just the first thing you see? I looked at that and I saw sexy mechanic for whatever reason. <laughs> I think that's more about your thoughts and dreams, Bobby. Yeah, I've got a... Hey, Matt, do you have anything I can take to delve deeper into this? <laughs> oh, it's all mine. It's all for me. All right, so this sexy maniac posted on Instagram a picture of them working out together with the phrase, couples need to talk less and connect more. With time and experience, Margo and I realize that it takes more than words to have a conversation. Sweet Papa Mon. I guess that is the main draw of having a sex doll as a wife is that she never talks. She knows when to shut the fuck up. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like he's just pretending that she always agrees. So Yuri asked on his Instagram page, is sex always penetration for you or not only? And classic music is wonderful. Yeah, so if you follow this guy on Instagram, that's the type of shit that he says. This man's brain is like a chat bot talking to it. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like he's gone through some really bad Google Translates to get his Kazakhstan bullshit to English, yeah, right? Yeah, like he lives in the uncanny valley. It seems like he is an actual sex doll, but he learned how to talk. He's got the, <laughs> they injected the AI for him to be able to communicate. Like, 
the tone of that Instagram thing where it's like, where it's like condescending, which is such a tone that people do take on social media of like talking about how great their relationship is. Yeah. Like a lot of you could really learn. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe you don't need to talk all the time. (laughs) Is he talking fucking dead lifeless (laughs) plastic hunk? He's like sex doll Pinocchio that did become a real boy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. So uh, Tolochko said he met Margo at a nightclub where he rescued her from some unwanted attention. He stole somebody's sex doll. That's what he did. He stole a novelty blow doll, basically. Yeah. Adding that they had planned to take the plunge in March before the coronavirus pandemic hit. Yeah, I guess he didn't want her to risk getting corona. Yeah. The wedding was further delayed again after he was attacked during a transgender rally in the Kazakh city of Almaty on October 31st. He suffered a concussion and a broken nose before dressing as a woman for the event, but later stated on his Instagram, Hey guys, I feel better. I made my nose and teeth. I want to thank you for your support. I appreciate your support. I send you my big hugs and hot kisses. Yeah. So he made his nose and teeth, so everything was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the guy obviously is a weirdo, but I'll fucking say that's pretty ballsy fucking dressing up in a dress like a woman in Eastern Europe. Because I've seen, have you guys seen that documentary Borat? (laughs) That documentary Borat makes it look like uh, these people are not very accepting of minorities and people. All right, Matt, you can do the last paragraph here. Tlochko, who identifies as a pansexual, told the Daily Star that our story turns me on much more than sex itself. Which means this man has made all of us a part of his sex play non-consensually. <laughs> <laughs> well, we but we're all one, man. We tangentially consented to this by all being one. <laughs> that's the argument I'm going to use at the next yeah. rape trial. <laughs> that's, how, that's how they get you. The only requirements for a wedding to take place in Kazakhstan are that both consenting partners have to be male and female over 18 years old with no mention of whether dolls are included. <laughs> There's nothing in the book that says a dog can't play basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't think of this shit, did you? <laughs> Code of Hammurabi. Right. <laughs> that... I thought you were talking about Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We do laws some episodes, and I always make fun of how specific these fucking laws get, but I guess this is why. They have to be that specific because somebody's going to eventually be like, I don't see doll anywhere. (laughs) And how do they determine the age? Because like lower life forms like dogs and cats, five years and doggy years might be 35 and people years. But what about plastic dolls? How many months of manufacturing shelf life does it take to become 18 years old? If we're becoming rules lawyers here, it has to be eight. That better be an 18 year old fuck doll. That better have been assembly line over 18. Imagine if they were that strict about it. Like, all right, you can marry a doll, but it's got to be 18 years off the assembly line. How fucking raggedy would that doll be at that fucking point? You got this old Twilight Zone, and then, like, he pops a hole in his fuck doll. <laughs> Finally, there was time. There was so much time. <laughs>
Alright guys, we're going to move on to our indecorous deep dive of the night. We build this podcast as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. This week, we'll be talking about indecorous construction projects. Bobby wrote this one. Whether it's made you late for work or they shut down streets for years on end, construction is just one of those annoying parts of life that you hope makes things better when it's (laughs) done. Today, we're going to talk about some of the biggest blunders in construction history, and even when it takes far longer than projected, just how important it is that everything gets done right. And Bobby, like I said, wrote this, so you can start us off, man. Wait, well, you got to mention twice that I wrote this. <laughs> well, because I want you to give credit for this great deep dive. <laughs> so the mile-long Tacoma Narrows Bridge in Washington was the third longest suspension bridge in the world, and it collapsed only four months after opening for public use. While the bridge was designed with greater stability, politicians tasked with figuring out how to pay for it balked at the price tag and said, what does this engineer that designed the thing know anyway? Hmm. They cheaped out, used girders that were a third the size of the originally proposed trusses, and as a result, the bridge was extremely flexible and vulnerable to high-speed winds. <laughs> when a mere 40-mile-an-hour <laughs> wind struck on November 7th... Extremely flexible is not a phrase you like. Yeah, with your bridges? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when a mere 40-mile-an-hour wind struck on November 7th, 1940... The bridge twisted, bucked wildly, snapped the support cables, and fell into the Puget River below. The wild buckling that led to its collapse earned it the nickname Galloping Gertie. I think this is <laughs> this is one of the most famous videos that gets shown sometimes of, like, it's like in black and white, and the thing is just, what it's like a wave. Yeah. It was at the end, I forget whose, like, production company it was, but that was their video they would use at the, the end of a show. Oh, really? Whatever. Okay, that, that might be one of the first times I've seen it then. So if you're one of the politicians that cheaped out and basically only approved this project that was going to be super cheap, how do you think they spun this story after the fact? Did they say something like, well, with all the money we save by making it dirt cheap, we can just replace it and do it again a second time? What's, yeah, I, well, I, I was actually going to comment on that and the fact that I don't know I don't know all the details about this shit, but a lot of times that they can get away with this is like, by the time this shit gets completed, a lot of these politicians are far gone. Like, yeah, yeah. They don't have the same positions anymore, so it's not like they're going to have to fucking face the music and be like, hey, I'm not going to reelect you because this fails. Like, no, nah, by that point, they've moved on with their life. They already all cashed in on all the money that they made from giving whoever it was the contract. Yeah. So goddamn depressing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like there's no accountability for these projects that take forever to fucking finish. All right, Matt, you can do this next one right here. When the Hyatt Regency in Kansas City opened in 1980, it boasted a sleek, elegant design. It included a multi-story atrium with three suspended walkways running through it. When builders changed from a single set of hanger rods threaded through the upper walkways to a double rod system that was anchored, seems like a lot of detail, this added immense amount of stress. On July 17th, 1981, fourth floor elevated walkway collapsed, falling onto another walkway two floors down, and eventually into the lounge below. The collapse killed, holy shit, 114 people and injured 200 others. That is fucking mayhem. Yeah, I, I can't believe I've never heard of that. Yeah, me either. I never heard of this before. That's one thing I've kind of found just researching things for this show is that there are just all these horrific events that just apparently the news was like, yeah, we're tired of that one. We don't we don't talk about that. anymore. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that's partially why it keeps happening, too. Yeah. So this is a little whoopsie that I'm sure the builders were able to try to spin the story by saying, but we saved all this money. 
Yeah. It's a hard one to pull a U-turn on. Like, but <laughs> Yeah. Look at that balance budget. How huh? we came in under <laughs> We came in under budget. <laughs> we delivered on time, on budget, and on top of these two hundred dead people. But I mean, I'm pretty sure we all you know how when you tell a joke you don't want to telegraph the punchline, but I'm pretty sure we all knew when the builders changed from a single set of hanger rods threaded through the upper walkways <laughs> to a double rod system that was anchored to the walkways themselves. I think we all knew where this was going. <laughs> right it was on the wall. I mean, like, what kind of a fucking open micer makes a building like this? Yeah, it's that classic hack double rod bit. Exactly. I just wonder, is there, like, a server somewhere with all the in-store footage of that fucking place collapsing? I just imagine, like, mayhem out of the corner of your eye from what it caught at the fucking... This is, yeah, this is the thing about... Pre-internet, well, pre-smartphone days. I was gonna say pre-internet, but pre-smartphone days. Well, now we're spoiled. Yeah. Somebody's always gonna have a camera now to catch all these disasters. But before that, we would just have to hear about it. We just see the aftermath, and we don't really see the shit happening. That's why that Tacoma Narrows thing is, I think, is so famous because it was one of the rare times that there was a camera yeah. on a disaster happening back in those days. Right. Yeah. I'll do this next one. The John Hancock Tower, tallest building in Boston, had problems before it was even built. Initial plans showed it would cast a shadow over Trinity Church, leading the public outcry in the Irish Catholic stronghold and a redesign of the building. Instead of focusing on which houses of worship would get less sunlight, someone should have taken a closer look at the windows because the blue reflective glass panels started to fall off the building from various heights, forcing police to close off the area surrounding it. All right, now, now this already sounds like, I'm not sure when this happened, but if it happened like recently, somebody would have already built an internet video game where you just like try to avoid the glass falling off of the <laughs> John Hancock Tower. I can see it. Yeah, for sure. Somebody would have created some kind of oh, video game. It was kind of like that game where you're like trying to avoid the people on 9-11 jumping off the building. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. It would be just like that. Yeah, from the creator of Fortnite. Yeah, it turns out the reflective material made the windows stiffer than expected, and instead of absorbing motion like they were supposed to, it transferred it and the windows shook out of place. All 10,334 window panes had to be replaced, and the same number of pieces of plywood that filled those spots in the meantime earned it the nickname Plywood Palace. All right, this was obviously a sign from God. No coinky didn't hear that these little churches were <laughs> a little salty. And then lo and behold, baby Jesus is like, fuck this stupid building and its ugly ass windows. For one or two months, I'm sure those church people were really smug and feeling a little bit vindicated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard your windows are vibrating in an abnormal motion. <laughs> Probably Jesus did it. Fuck you guys. Could you see like the, the preacher during Sunday service saying, join me in prayer that God fucks up this abomination next to us, and then lo and behold, this happens. How self-righteous and smug these assholes would feel. <laughs> you guys are on this podcast about that kid who uh, is coming up to be the next big Catholic saint. They, like, no. Some dead 15-year-old. That's what you do on this show, right? You make fun of dead kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that basically... Like... Well, no, we originally we were just going to name it Let's Make Fun of Dead Kids, but it's too long. <laughs> we wanted to include orphans in that too, so yeah. All right, Ian, you can do this next one. A lot of major construction mishaps can occur when architects prioritize form over function, despite the fact that the architect that designed the Kemper Arena in Kansas City won an honor award from the American Institute of Architects that didn't stop the roof from collapsing during heavy rain just a day after the AIA held its convention there. 
The flat roof included a temporary reservoir to reduce stormwater runoff, but only had eight drains despite local code requiring at least 64 drains. God damn this. That's a bad mishap. It was like someone was trying to illustrate to their grandson how to find the square root of a number. And they were like, it's supposed to be 64, but here's a square root. It's eight. Oh, that's good enough. It's a magic number. Anyway, so the roof couldn't handle the rain that accumulated and collapsed so violently that pressure from the falling roof blew out some of the walls. Remember that song, The Roof the roof is on Water? Remember that? <laughs> Let that motherfucker collapse and kill a bunch of people? Oh, yeah, that was the, the Bloodhound Gang, right? Bloodhound Gang, yeah. Roof, the roof is on water. And there was a square root joke somewhere in there in that song, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. One of the challenges in architecture is handling how light can reflect and even amplify off glass and metal. Rafael Vignoli designed the Vidara Hotel in Las Vegas. And the crew <laughs> building basically t- turned it into a giant magnifying glass that intensified light so much that some parts it harmed hotel guests and earned the nickname Death Ray Hotel. <laughs> this is like... A- I mean, classic Vegas, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. These are the classic tales of Vegas, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just make the whole thing out of mirrors. What could go wrong? (laughs) Draw it up, Johnny. Unfortunately, Vignoli didn't stop there and went on to design a building in London that when the sun shined directly on it, acted as a mirror and focused the light on the street below. Temperatures reached over 160 degrees Fahrenheit, famously melting a man's Jaguar and getting so hot that journalists were able to fry an egg on the sidewalk. Thank God they were there for that. This sounds like some evil genius. Like you would hear like, oh, this is the plan from the James Bond bill, and we'll build a building that will magnify the sun, and it'll melt everybody. Yeah. So like, I I picture this like some little social pass type of kid that was watching Mr. Wizard and killing ants with a magnifying glass, right? So he's like putting all this evil science shit to his head. He's like, if only... I could get into the big boy game of building architect buildings that could harness the power of sunlight to melt rich assholes' cars. Yeah. And I think this guy just lived out his fucking boyhood dream. I could immediately do that, and then it goes wrong. But then I get hired to do the exact same thing. (laughs) Right. I guess this guy has to be known at this point as the death ray architect, right? Yeah. That just becomes like you start doing installations at Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Stroke by like staring at a fucking phoenix made out of glass. I don't know how he was able to get a second gig. Like, right. You know, they're, oh, oh, uh, what, what have I done before? Uh, you might be familiar with the death ray hotel. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, if, if, Whatever that building was in Boston that was next to the church, if that building was built by, like, the Satanist temple, they would have hired this guy. Like, here, fucking make all the windows aim at that church so it fucking burns (laughs) at some point. All right, Ian, you can do this next story. All right. One of the biggest construction disasters in history occurred in 27 AD in the city of Fidene. In the classic tale of rich guy being a cheap fuck, the amphitheater commissioned by a man named Attilius was constructed out of a cheap wood and on an unstable foundation. Multiple ancient texts tell the story of 50,000 people flocking to the new stadium to watch Gladiator fight, with 20,000 of the attendees falling to their deaths when the seating collapsed. Following the incident, the Senate banned anyone from building stadiums unless their wealth exceeded 400,000 sesterces. It's probably the currency of the day. 
I think that's how it's pronounced. <laughs> and the stadium had to pass a safety inspection. See, I'm a little bit more forgiving about disasters in 27 AD. Because, all right, maybe you guys hadn't figured out all this math shit and the strength of material. So I'll give these guys a little bit of a break. I don't know how in the year 2006 you still don't know how to fucking do shit. I'd love to be able to choose the same out as these people in the ancient times were like, look, it's only 27 AD. What the fuck you want me to do? We don't have all these fancy futuristic things. But I could probably use the same excuse. Now I'm like, well, we don't have flying cars. Yeah. We don't have nanobot technology. I mean, fuck you want me to do? Build a building? He's like, dude, it's 27 AD. Jesus is still alive, man. That's how old it is right now. I was disappointed. I thought that was such an old story it was going to end with like, and as is right and just, that old man who made that decision was buried to his neck and they unleashed these. <laughs> right, yeah. Like normally, back in the day, at least someone had to pay for that shit. Like, that is true. Yeah, that is true. A lot of this shit that's going on now, yeah, it's politicians that are not even fucking in power anymore and God knows they already made their money. Yeah, at least whoever this motherfucker was, he, he was dragged by some horses or some shit. Or molten gold down some of these people's throats, huh? <laughs> that was the best. Why don't we have that one anymore? The good old days. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you can do this next one. So on January 15th, 1919, a tank in Boston, Massachusetts, containing 2.3 million gallons of molasses burst and flooded the neighborhood. The millions of gallons of molasses rushed out of the tank at 35 miles an hour and was as deep as 25 feet in some places. Look, I want you guys to just, because I can still feel that little wisp of LSD in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) Just... Just to put me there a little bit of like, imagine you're just fucking hanging out. <laughs> you got a fucking ice cream from the ice cream truck. And there is just a 25 foot wall of molasses. <laughs> like crashing into wow. the side street and then turning. You know what I mean? Knocking <laughs> like, a car up inside and you smell it in, on the air like that rum molasses <laughs> odor fermenting in the sun and then a little child dies i think is how this story goes if i remember <laughs> I, I know at least one child had to have died because otherwise we wouldn't have the story on the podcast yeah that's one of ian's requirements is that yeah, yeah, yeah. at least one kid has to die All right, well, you can finish it off, Bob. Uh, The molasses uh, was dense enough to push over buildings and was waist deep when it settled, ultimately killing 21 people and injuring 150 others. The tank was found to have been constructed poorly from thin and brittle metal, and the U.S. Industrial Alcohol Company ended up paying today's equivalent of $9 million in damages, which seems pretty low for literally flooding a town with molasses. Yeah, that does seem... Because if, if it's $9 million in today's, what was it then? $18? It was like 600 and some thousand dollars back then. This sounds like a Simpsons episode. I mean, yeah. Old Man Burns is up to some shenanigans, the whole town floods, and then... He gets away with it because there's no accountability for rich assholes. Yeah, Smithers released the molasses. There's got to be, like, basements in that neighborhood that you can still smell it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, fucking... Dude, I hate any kind of, like, sticky fucking residue, so that shit would just... I would commit suicide if I lived in that town at the time, or I'd move or kill myself. 
You must not enjoy eating hot wings with your bare fingers in, Bobby. Yeah, but Bobby doesn't even masturbate. That's how much he hates sticky substances. Exactly. You're a dry guy, right? <laughs> well, that doesn't even matter. Regardless of whether you're dry or wet, you're going to get sticky substances if you're doing it right, at least. <laughs> True that, my friend. True Accidentally that. that he has like, all these categories in his head. Like, you're a dry guy, huh? Oh, that's one of the six categories in Jerk Him Off that I... <laughs> yeah, that's one of Ian's things is like... There's two type of people in the world. There's dry guys. Yeah. Well, look, man, things either got to rhyme or they, they got to be alliterative, all right? <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> take your pick. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Matt, you can do this next one. Uh, when it comes to deadly construction disasters, China takes home the gold medal with the bursting of their supposedly unbreakable iron dam in Zumadian city. Ian, how do you say that? These <laughs> under supervision from Soviet engineers developed some cracks. China went back to those same Soviet engineers for a patch job and additional reinforcements. The engineers claim the dam could easily withstand a once-in-a-thousand-year flood. If history has taught us anything about boasting how unbreakable or unsinkable something is, you know this was bound to end in a pile of bodies. Yeah. Despite the dam's chief designer recommending 12 gates to handle the overflow, only five were built? Come on, it's not even divisible. Well, to be fair, he was a bio designer, all right? It, was, it wasn't really his wheelhouse. <laughs> it's not even a power? Come on. Uh, in 1975, after two days of record rainfall and ignored pleas to open the dam to relieve pressure, the dam broke, so they could have just opened it. Like at any time? Well, it was one of those things where if they would have opened it, it would have flooded certain areas, kind of like they did to New Orleans, you know, the Lower Ninth Ward. But they could have done that and it would have still been bad for those people, but it probably would have been better off overall. But they resisted. Overall, but then you have to deal with like, wait, okay, so we're, you don't give a fuck about us, so you're going to flood us to save other people? Nah, fuck it, we're going to flood everybody. It's yeah. Kind of a, yeah. I mean, I to an extent, if I was faced with the decision, I would probably did make this. I'd be like, I, I'd rather just flood everybody. Hopefully, everybody dies. Then I don't have to be responsible. The trolley problem. You're like, can I just put a bomb on the trolley? Get this all over with. <laughs> Wipe all these fuckers out and start over. I huh? like God put them out. Right. Thousands more died, and combined with those who died from famine and disease without food or shelter, brought the death toll to over two hundred. Thousand people. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Two hundred thousand people. Wow. Hey, that's the less than COVID, huh? So sacrifice a few to save the many, right? And this is China, so only China yeah. can get away with this kind of shit, or the old Soviet Union, I, I guess. I feel right. sort of obligated to say that this is one of those things where a bunch of dumb decisions and horrible mismanagement killed a shitload of people. And then people go, oh, it's that socialist communism. <laughs> yeah. And when people like starve to death under capitalism, it's like, well, that's life. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah. We That guy paid enough money to create that bridge that collapsed. And he actually made a bunch of tolls. He actually came out ahead <laughs> on the field. Break the numbers down. So what he did was fine. And it's actually communism that's the problem. I wonder if they spun the story on their local news by saying that these 200,000 brave souls proudly donated their lives for the greater good. Yeah, for the greater good of China, for the national pride of communist China. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they donated their lives probably. Yeah. 
If you have any kind of construction disaster in the United States where fucking 200 people die, it is all over. The, it's like everywhere, and people are talking it for a long time. Fucking 200,000 people in China are like, yes, yeah, well, you know, it happens. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? We needed a dam. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What? You want no dam? What am I going to do? Pay for 12 gates? Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. We got one last one, Ian. You can do this next one. All right. One of the most recent and deadly construction disasters happened in the early years of the 21st century when several skyscrapers in the financial district of lower Manhattan collapsed after a planned controlled demolition. <laughs> the site of the disaster has since been rebuilt, and though many have been jailed for this disaster, justice is yet to catch up with the real culprits of these horrendous crimes. The Jews. Hashtag 9-11 truth. Yeah. I added that one because Bobby missed it. <laughs> so, so just to kind of full circle on this one, we're, we're talking about 9-11, right, Carlos? So we're, we're, we're talking about 9-11 truth right now, bro. Don't get it twisted. Just at Hogwarts, and they <laughs> scroll away, and they live in a vault at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, like yeah. see? See, Matt knows what's up. Yeah. My guy Christ was telling me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> My boy Christ. And all that. I have you guys delete some stuff from this podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to become a psyop. You ever heard of that? It's like a thing where the CIA pays you to be all chill, but then you just say a bunch of stupid bullshit and try to get people to. It's cool. It's it ruins the world. That sounds like that sounds like a good. I mean, especially in COVID times, that seems like a work at home type of deal that you could do. Exactly my thoughts. So yeah, <laughs> the gig economy is getting weird, man. You know. If anything I'm saying seems like maybe I was programmed by the CIA to say that, assume that I wasn't. How about that? Well, speaking of social media, do you want to plug your social media? You got anything you want to plug before we go? You can go Mr. Barentine on uh, Twitter. Boy, do I yell a lot of meaningless things into the void there. Catch <laughs> up on it, everybody. All right, Mr. Barentine. Thank you for doing the podcast, bro. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Oh, me. I'm glad I decided to do it. We're glad you were kind of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Hopefully you get some sleep at some point. I've been anywhere, man. I'm here and there and everywhere in between, bro. Yeah, basically you've always been on the podcast. Yeah. Exactly, and I never won't be. And I'll be criticizing you guys. I'm going to make fun of Ian's spelling. I'm always. <laughs> Don't forget his reading. <laughs> yeah, I guess spelling and reading, it's a whole package. So it's that time again, everybody. We have to check up on our good friend Crispy, see how things are going at the 7 Eleven. We haven't talked to them in, I think it's been over a month now. So, you know, I started to get worried after a while. So, everybody, how about welcome Crispy? How you doing, sir? Uh, pretty good. Unfortunately, still alive. But, you know, we're still kicking it. <laughs> well, you know, we all have to deal with uh, life's pains. Oh, yeah. Nothing but pain at the gas station. Although, this time, there was a little pleasure at the gas station. Oh, really? How would? Oh, how, yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. See, now Bobby speaks up. <laughs> Bob, yeah, Bobby Turk gets a pleasure. Yeah, please. Because <laughs> now it would have been nice if Bobby and Ian said hello to Crispy too. But What's you up, know, Crispy? whatever. Yeah, no, I, 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 I felt their presence. I knew they were there. I, I said something a minute ago. You know, fuck you, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, what, once he, once Crispy mentioned pleasure, that's what woke you up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <please. laughs> well, 
I gotta, I gotta find out, you know, what, what people are writing in the bathroom stalls and whatnot. Oh, just racist shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. well, that's a, we also go to. That's usually why. We also yeah. go to Crispy for whatever the latest racial slurs are. So he's the one that keeps us up to date. But Crispy, so what's been going on there at the Seven Eleven, buddy? Oh man, so yeah, it was pretty fun. So a couple came in, like obviously in love. They kind of <laughs> look like the type of people who uh, like get real psyched to go Chili's once a week. <laughs> like if I'm just trying, I'm trying to get like a general diagram of them. I imagine you get a lot of lovers at the gas station. That's where you go when you're in love. Oh yeah, usually drunk as shit. I, like these people were, you know, that's just where the date night is in COVID times. Just take them to Seven Eleven, man. What time of the day are we talking about here? Oh fuck, dude! Like two p.m. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, it's like right in the beginning of my shift. Like, it came out of nowhere. Okay. But yeah, like, this, so they come in and, you know, they're like already like on each other, just like rubbing backs, like butts and all that. Like, that's already like a given. Like, that's just like the normal day. But like, these guys took it to the next level because I'm like, I'm watching them on the camera because I watch everybody. I'm paranoid as shit. <laughs> and, um,. <laughs> Wait, so you, you have, Crispy, so you have a camera there that you can just spy on everybody with? Oh, hell yeah. It's right by the register. You know, like I got one looking at my sodas, got one looking at my beer, one in the bathroom. I mean, outside the bathroom. Now, is this the company's camera or did you bring your own personal camera to spy on <laughs> No, no, this is Muhammad's camera. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I don't know if that, like, who has who owns that one, but he's usually the one that sets it up. So I'm assuming this is your manager and you're not talking about the profit. You know, sometimes he gets at me with like a lot of Islamic text. So I'm, it may, he may be, I don't know. <laughs> he just, he right. calls you my son all the time. <laughs> <laughs> He's always trying to convert me. But uh, yeah, no, I have my, like my whole little spy set up like right there, you know, so I can see what pockets, you know, candy bars are going into and all that. <laughs> and for rare occasions like these, like just seeing a dude start to finger his girlfriend by the sodas. Oh, wow. And not like, yeah, like rubbing, like, and for, before I even go further, like during COVID. <laughs> like, that, that's what really made it come out is like, it's COVID times. It's, oh, yeah, it's COVID time. But like, think about it. Like you go into the sub and you hold the door open for your girlfriend. And then you like proceed to finger her with that same hand. And it wasn't like, like a gel rubbing. He was giving her like straight up claw. Like, <laughs> like you can see like elbow going, elbow and shoulder, like going into like her pants and like whatever. Dude, convenience store porn is my favorite category. Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, am I supposed to be like step out there and be like, excuse me, uh, can you guys come in my back office? Yeah, I didn't know really what to do. So I just like yell over. I'm like, yo, just stop. can you not leave like a snail trail over the Pepsi? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> now, do you have like, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, do you guys have particularly sexy sodas at your 7-Eleven that yeah, inspire this? What was the merchandise wearing? They got that new Sprite Limeade and that one looks pretty sexy. So that may have been doing it. So you guys are asking for it, basically. <laughs> yeah, I guess like, just like we have the sign outside, come finger your girlfriend at your neighborhood 7-Eleven. <laughs> also hot wings ready to go <laughs> a new promotion we just <laughs> free slurpee with every finger <laughs> yeah we do we do slurpee by finger see i thought you were gonna go into detail about like they were junkies because you get a lot of junkies in there no they just they just look like you know like suburban like you know they look like they drink a lot but like that suburban like gorilla type looking dudes okay 
Yeah. You think they were like under college age, like live with parents kind of situation? Or? Oh, no. These guys were like in their 40s. Because yeah, it would I make thought... sense if they didn't have a place to go fuck. If they were like high school kids, I would get that. But man, that makes no sense. Yeah. See, I thought you were going to talk about some sort of reverse indecent proposal situation where they were like, hey, man, you could sleep with my girlfriend for $10. <laughs> no man that's what i thought that's what i thought you were getting I'm, I'm, thank god man no well i don't see i don't get bonuses at my job so usually i'm just you know just watching <laughs> you know they, they kept it monogamous well i guess we know they're christian then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no i think they did have crosses they were wearing so yeah they, you know it's just between him and his wife so you know it's, it's a good like points on his part was she wearing a skirt or was she had pants on like yoga pants oh that's yeah that's easy access right there yeah it's easy access you know like get your boyfriend's covid hands in your vagina have that pussy on a ventilator later on so when you saw that on your screen what did you do after you got done jerking off what did you do yeah well after after i busted i was like yo i, I clean this up <laughs> yo, yo behave yourself i told him Please don't leave a snail trail all over the Pepsi. That's not really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you know, they got embarrassed. And, like, you know, you can't really fight the guy that caught you fingering your girl at the 7-Eleven. So, like, you know, they left, like, you know, like white people do. They're just like, I'm never coming back here again. Oh, really? <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's, like, my fault. I'm taking my fingering to the 76 or whatever. I'm taking my finger into sheets. <laughs> yeah, to sheets. <laughs> <laughs> they got nice sauce over there. Those staff is so much nice. They go have a good time at the Flying J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got like more like corners and shit for that. Do you think this is on someone's bucket list to finger bang someone in a gas station, or is this just like I don't know, Ian? You tell me. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, dude. I mean, I have quite a crazy bucket list, but I've never thought about finger banging my lady friend at a gas station. <laughs> well, I guess you yourself have deep thoughts then. <laughs> but like, no, you know, it looks like. They were on their list like i said they were just casual like white trash but like you know that cutoff line where you're living in like the suburb but you're still like trashy like f-150 truck having guys now if let's say the snail trail was not a issue would you have just let him go to town was that your main <laughs> was that your main the cleanup on aisle seven yeah yeah i don't know like you know I like to like draw like I can't really enforce people to wear a mask, but I think I can enforce people not to finger their girl at Seven <laughs> Eleven. So you know I have to pick and choose my battles. I felt like that that one was like for public safety and sanitation. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, dude, that's what you think. But wait till all the messages you're gonna get being called a fascist for not letting people finger themselves. <laughs> oh god, yeah, yeah, dude, you're the fucking. How dare you? And Tifa's gonna come after me, man. Big brother over here, not letting us finger each other at the. <laughs> yeah, watching me finger my girl, telling me where I can't finger my girl. <laughs> I thought this was America. <laughs> I didn't know I was in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see this on the next Alex Jones podcast. I think this is going to be the fucking... Oh, yeah, that's where I'm calling in next. <laughs> you can't figure your girlfriend anymore at the fucking gas station. The globalists are not letting you figure your girlfriend. It's a conspiracy perpetrated by George Soros. <laughs> Turning us into frogs. Or something. I don't know. It's something about frogs. Turn us into finger and frogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate the update, Crispy. How's everything else all right outside of the fingering? Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm working with my girlfriend now at 7-Eleven, so that's been pretty interesting. Oh, wow. So there's going to be a lot more fingering going on, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> there hasn't been any. Like, you can't really find the time. Yeah, did they interrupt your fingering? You had to interrupt your fingering to yell at them for fingering? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I got the candles already, you know about the lock that's, that's why you were so mad <laughs>
yeah, dude. Like, come on, you're, you're stepping on my boots over here. Like, <laughs> coming to my house, the place of my work where I finger people. I had the corn dog all warmed up. <laughs> we were about to get fucking nuts with the taquitos. <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta come in, drunk as shit, and finger your girl. Tasteless. Man, so let me give you a couple things to think about. So, right now, you're probably doing the honeymoon phase of the relationship. Everything's peachy keen lady friend and you guys are awesome but what would happen if you guys broke up then you'd have a co-worker that you don't like working with you oh yeah i don't know you know i try not to think about it because that sounds like awful <laughs> but uh i think i think i think she'd be the one to leave because the manager likes me more well, well you're, you're in your 20s though i didn't think about anything in my i haven't been thinking about anything in this whole podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just blank well, well, Crispy, we appreciate you calling in, man. Yeah, it's fun. You know, I always worry about you, so I want to hear all the latest happenings. You know, I'm just mentally scarred, but physically I'm doing fine. Perfect, dude. <laughs> Perfect, dude. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Perfect. man. It's always always great to have you. All right, Bobby, Ian, Carlos, I hope y'all have fun, and uh, I hope y'all finger somebody at 7-Eleven one day. Oh, thank you, Crispy. <laughs> oh, we'll be there next week. That's where... That's yeah, we're, life goals. We're yeah, we're, we're going to do like a human centipede of us fingering each other. <laughs> We're going to fuck those Pepsis up. Hell yeah. Know your worth, Kings. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, dude. All right. Love you, Crispy. Take it easy, brother. All right. All right. Hope y'all have a good day. Bye. Bobby, you got any last words? Hold on. Wait, wait. <clears throat> Perfect. Man, you're really fucking nailing that shit, dude. I might have to replace the opening show can burst with one of your sides. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if that's a sigh of, I just drink a yummy sip of Sprite and I'm just so relieved by the awesomeness or if that's like a, my team just lost the fucking last second shot from Steph Curry or something. That's definitely the latter, I would think. Well, you can often find me describing sips of Sprite as yummy. Yeah, that's your side podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, yummy sips of Sprite. How about you, Ian? You got any last words? No, nah, dude, I think I'm just going to go marry a blow-up doll now that I know it's fucking legit in Kazakhstan. At least in Kazakhstan it is. I don't know what the laws are here in the United States, but, you know, fucking in, they still believe in freedom in Kazakhstan. I mean, half of the Republican states you can marry 15-year-olds. I mean, legal age of consent's like 14, I think, in some southern states. This sounds heavily researched. Like, Yeah, no, this is definitely... Ian keeps track of this shit. Yeah, like to avoid <laughs> problems. Right. <laughs> Just to keep stories straight. You got the routes mapped out so you don't go over certain state lines. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. Check us out online. We are on uh, Facebook.com slash Indecorous Comedy, Twitter at Indecorous Pod, Instagram at Indecorous Comedy. And most importantly, we're on Patreon, Patreon.com, Indecorous Comedy. Check us out there. We're posting bonus features just about every week now. You can be one of our Patreon supporters and get in on all the special. We actually have a special patreon only episode that's going to be released soon exclusively for just Dude, the patreon too, too spicy for regular release right <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> it's too hot for podcasting <laughs> and one thing i should say the listeners can do if they really want to help us out share our shit the facebook algorithms and the twitter algorithms they basically block all of our posts so if we post something and you see it share it because lord zuckerberg they're always basically stopping it 
So please share our stuff if you like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Share our stuff on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Instagram is a little fucking complicated, but yeah, if you can figure it out, you can do that too. And as always, as we said a million times before, just tell your friends if you like the podcast, tell them to listen to it too, man. I think it's like everybody has different fucking podcast things that they use to listen to podcasts, but if you just go to our main website, indecorouscomedy.com, you can find links to a lot of the places where you can download the podcast and check it out from there. How do you spell indecorous, Bobby? That's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. All right, that's the podcast, everybody. Walk your cat. Walk your cat. We're about to get fucking nuts with the taquitos.